Welcome back to Freed from Feminism. I am Beth. Hi, I'm Teresa. And today we are going to be talking about women in the workplace. Very, very controversial subject. And you're probably thinking by its title, oh, another episode, another podcast debating the gender pay gap and the fact that women, you know, shouldn't be CEOs. No, that's not what we're talking about. Both of us have worked or are working in super competitive, highly stressful jobs. And we get that to even have this discussion at all is heresy to feminism. But at the same time, we we live in the real world and realize that just saying to people, oh, you know, is, is working really for you? Um, that That may not be sufficient for everyone just because working is incredibly ingrained in our culture. And virtually every household is now dependent upon two incomes. And women are just simply expected to work nowadays by society and themselves, regardless of whether they're married or not. So we're here to sort of examine that and, you know, maybe provide some support in whether or not you feel like you should be working. Um, and then if you feel you have to work, um, we wanted to be able to provide, provide support in, in you in the workplace. Um, one of the things that I think we need to clear up, too, is that our debate here isn't about whether or not women can work. Because I think when we bring up this debate about women working, people automatically assume that if we say, oh, maybe a woman shouldn't be in the workplace, they think, oh, you don't like women. You don't think they're capable. You don't think they're smart enough. Uh, and that's certainly not the case. Um, actually, an interesting fact that I read in a book called uh, Sex Matters by Mona Sharon, she talked about a study done on boys and girls and when they were little and about their intelligence. And it turns out that girls have sort of a, a tighter bell curve of intelligence and boys have more of a spread out bell curve of intelligence. So in this case, there end up being more smarter guys than smarter girls, but there's also more dumb guys than dumb girls. So the point here is, you know, our question isn't really about whether or not women are capable of the what perhaps a career choice may demand, but whether or not that's the best place for her um, in whatever her particular situation is, which leads even to my second thing, sort of what you're talking about, about um, whether or not, regardless of whether they're married, you know, we're expected to work. Well, you know, is that best in your situation, in your state of life? And secondly, the type of job you're doing depending on that state of life. Exactly. And, you know, this reminds me of our last podcast um, Beth, where we talked about the difference between equality and equity. And I believe the the gut instinct of, of all of us, including probably us just a matter of months or years ago, was, was to get this sick feeling in our stomach when someone says, oh, should women be in the workplace? Well, number one, no one ever says that anymore. But, you know, if, yeah, if we yeah. happen upon a random Facebook quote that said that, you know, you get this sick feeling like, of course, we're worthy to be in the workplace. We can do things just like males, blah, blah, blah. And that's the equality argument of, um, you know, 
juxtaposing our traits and our characteristics and our skills one-to-one when it really is more about equity and mm-hmm. individual um, characteristics and skills that are inherent in each sex They're, that we're never supposed to be competitive against one another. Mm-hmm. And personally, I, I really resent um, and deeply resented in the past the, the ideology of, of feminism when they say that um, staying at home is a lesser, a lesser vocation, a lesser job. It's kind of just if, if you can't make it in the real world, just go home and be, you know, a mom, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. It's, it's almost being judged as, as a lesser human and a lesser woman for choosing to stay at home, you know, which, which is interesting because the ideology of feminism is all about choice, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about, you know, you can do whatever you want to do, what you choose to do. Well, has anyone ever asked women what they want to do? Has anyone ever actually said that to you that whether you work or not is a choice? Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll hear it in school, you'll hear it in the media, you'll hear it even in your family, um, kind of this bully talk into um, kind of peer pressuring you into uh, going into a career, whether or not you were meant for that, whether or not you want it. It's just kind of the, the automatic assumption of, of people nowadays. And it should actually be a choice. You know, your parents or your, you yourself should, should ask you that question. Do you want to work? Mm-hmm. That would have been great if somebody asked me that question. I think you were probably one of the first people that ever asked me the question about working as a choice. Um, because really wow yeah, yeah because i remember when we had first met um for our listeners you know i was very unhappy in my job and i was talking to teresa and she just said we don't have to work and this was just shocking to me because i was thinking i got bills to pay like <laughs> <laughs> of course i have to work i can't go back home and leech off my parents you know <laughs> like um right. so it, there's that but there's also sort of this um Oh, they make it look so charming and exciting career. Glamorous. Yes. Ask the little girls. You can be anything you dream of. Doctor, sure, you could be that. Engineer, sure, you can be that. And, you know, this is instilled in us at a young age. So sometimes we're not even thinking of it as something you can choose because the alternative would be like, but then I'm not going to help the world and do all these great things. And I think that is what we're seeing, as you mentioned before, that when women are doing the beautiful vocation of staying at home and raising children, you have moms who start to feel like they're unworthy, that they aren't contributing to society in any way, or perhaps they're, you know, Catholic, and they think that they're not doing God's will at all, because they're not sitting there and praying at what, you know, career they should have to help people. Um, and so then it's it's detrimental to that particular lifestyle by sort of forcing it on, um, forcing this this not even this choice, but this, you know, you have to do careers. So you, now you have women at home suffering, but also the women in the workplace suffering. That's right. That's right. And that actually brings us to our second point in this in this um, podcast is 
If you have to work for any reason, we are certainly not judging you by any means. Please, please take, do not take that away from this podcast. We know um, there are very legitimate reasons why people have to work. Um, you know, both of us have been or are in that situation right now. Mm-hmm. So we are very much um, on your side and we, we, have a lot of sympathy for your situations and just know that there are ways to make your life easier when you're at work, knowing, you know, you're, you're post feminism. Now you've realized um, how dangerous it can be to your, your life and your husband's life and your family's life. There are ways to get, a, you know, not get around it, but just make um, your life a little bit easier while at work and also to eventually find a way out if you desire that. Yes, no, exactly. I mean, as somebody who works right now in my particular situation, it's best for me to have a job. Um, And it's, it's tricky sometimes to think about, you know, how you behave at work and um, where your work is. And especially post-feminism, you may find um, if you get to that point, that uh, it's one of the most difficult things for me is that, you know, I don't want to be at work. I don't feel like it's a good place for me. It's not really enhancing my life in any way. Don't, you know, um, I don't feel like this is the best way for me to um, influence other people, you know, as Christ would influence other people. But, it, you know, sometimes you're stuck in those situations where you do have to work, <laughs> you know, where whatever you might be in. But, I mean, there's ways out of that. It might it might be a change in career for some people or otherwise it might be just certain things to perhaps enhance your life at home that it makes it all the better to have to go to work every day. Those are good points, Beth. And just to remind everyone, Beth is an engineer. She is (laughs) no joke, an actual professional woman who is making this this shocking decision that she doesn't want to be at work anymore. So mm-hmm. anyone, uh, if there's anyone out there that just thinks, you know, Oh, well, there's no way I could leave my job. If Beth wants to leave hers, then pretty much any of you can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, and it's one of those things too, that at one point in time, I did like what I was doing. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not always, it wasn't always like I was forced into engineering and I, you know, hated it the whole time. I mean, at times I really did enjoy what I was doing. Um, but yeah, exactly. It, it, and it's, it's tricky. <laughs> it is tricky. And let's, um, in a minute, let's talk about like some practical, just, um, things that we can all do to, um, you know, make our work lives more, more helpful to our femininity or to maybe exercise our femininity more. And also, um, talk about some some ways to perhaps get out of the nine to five work bubble um, eventually. But first, Beth, I wanted to ask you, you know, this the situation we find ourselves in of um, that we mentioned earlier about how our society is pretty much based upon a two income um, family now, or at least that's the 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 thought pattern, you know, is it possible to go on one come? Yes. But you know, you're not going to be doing um, as much as your friends. You're not going to be spending as much. You're not going to be having um, as many vacations, etc. 
mm-hmm. which a lot of people are not willing to do. So the, the, the wisdom is that a two income family is, is pretty much required now. Um, why do you think that is? Well, first off, I think some of it is our perception. Like there's a, there's a book by Susan Venker called the seven myths of working mothers. That's actually um, pretty interesting. It's not, she's not religious in any way. She's actually just a secular woman who used to be a feminist and sort of went off of that. But she talked about how a lot of it is sort of in our heads uh, where we feel like we have to have two incomes. In reality, we don't. Um, and this can be a little tricky for some people because they'll say, oh, well, you know, like I've already done the common things like give up cable and Starbucks and like I still need money. <laughs> um, yeah. But she sort of goes into that in her book about how it's still possible to afford with one income. You just because most of um, for particularly mothers, most of your income will probably be going to daycare because if you've actually ever looked at daycare costs, they are extremely expensive. Extremely expensive. And then when you have kids, most places don't give you paid maternity leave. So for those 12 weeks or whatever you're gone, you you need an income. And so it kind of adds to the complication of the system. Um, And what I'll say here may be controversial next about why I think it actually is why we're on the two income path when we were in the 60s and a husband could easily support his family with one job and no college degree. I think it perhaps might be communism, which has infected America, because communists were all about the working party and like everybody working for, um, I'm not a government degree major or anything like that, but you know, they wanted people in society working, the men and the women. And they wanted to be able to raise the children by the state. So I think that perhaps the way America's gone into the both men and women are at work contributing to the society in that way. And now the children are being taken care of by state run daycares and schools. They sort of have this system that they were aiming for. I don't know what you think about that. but Yeah. So Beth, you are completely right. I do not have the quotes in front of me um, right now, but Karl Marx explicitly tied the gender equality that he saw and the inequality he saw in the economic sphere as well. And he was a huge, huge proponent of women leaving their family and going into the workforce because when you have a, you know, a larger workforce that makes the society better, it, it creates these little, you know, Marxist robots Mm-hmm. And maybe we can we can uh, do a separate podcast on that because that that's incredibly interesting and and um, one of the things that people do not know about Marx. So you're you're exactly right. Communism and feminism seems to be tied in different ways, and so I'm glad you mentioned that. After World War II, we have after World War II, and women are starting to get restless in their homes. You got Betty Friedan, who's like, you know, maybe I'd be happier if I was in the workplace instead of a here with my children and husband and and so on. And so you got that and you got this uh, view of, of Marx and, and other communists where, you know, they want women in the workplace to contribute to society in that way. So you got both of these sort of coming out. And, and now we have like, what is it like? 60 years after that <laughs> and you have all of these things. And then you also have technology increases where, 
women don't necessarily need to be in the home anymore. Oh, and especially nowadays where you got Amazon Prime to order anything you need and you got irons and dishwashers and dryers. And yeah. and so we don't it's it's a very different world. Um, so and it's crazy, actually, to think about, you know, we have all of these things, yet we still need two incomes to live at home, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with your analysis there. So my opinion about how um, or why our culture has created a system where we were or, you know, air quotes, require a two income household is twofold. One, I do. I agree with your your uh, analysis of, of at the very beginning. It was it was communism, which has that aspect of communism has has gone a little bit under researched and underexposed, I think. And so they created that system that very much encouraged women to work and they fed you this lie that basically you were only freed from the patriarchy by working. Well, that especially, you know, 50 or more years ago, that is that that's a less effective argument for women. A lot of women can see through this. And then there's the second aspect, which it's materialism, especially in the United States. Somehow we have been convinced that when we are 18 years old, we need to make a purchase that we cannot afford, which is obviously college. And, for example, have you ever wondered why colleges are made up of 60% women? 60%, not 50-50, 60. And it's, and it's rising. The modern materialistic system targets women. And creates a situation where they, we can't afford to stay home. You know, it's, it's a bit of a con to be really honest because, um, when you think of all the corporations and the, the institutional structures that would have to quite literally be in cahoots with each other to, um, just entrap as many people as possible, it's, it's quite shocking. And you, that sounds conspiratorial, but, I mean, all you, all you have to do is look at, you know, Sally May and the university systems. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as a 17 year old child, you can walk into a financial aid department and both the school and the lender is going to pressure you into signing your life away. Yeah. It's true. And they, like we mentioned before, they make it look all glamorous. They look at what you can do. And then, and women, we go for it because we want to help. We, we care. We want to be there for others. And that's, I mean, that's primarily why you see women going into careers that involve more, um, um, personal interactions with people. So then they get stuck there. And I think, and it can also be luring, like you said, the materialistic view to an 18 year old wanting to choose a life of career because they don't understand is that they want this financial incentive in a way they don't think about the loans but they think about the fact that oh i can make my own money i can you know buy what i want and stuff like that and that Mm -hmm. can that can sort of lure lure them in too um but it's so interesting because you we say all of these things and we might give a snapshot of these careers to women 
when they're, you know, 17, 18 going into college, but they don't really understand what it's like in the workplace and how you only get a certain amount of vacation days. So if you live far from your family, you know, sorry, you're only going to see them at Christmas and, you know, because you're sick the rest of them and, Mm -hmm. and how if you finally do decide to get married and have children and you're blessed with that, you know, how you have barely any maternity leave and most likely it's unpaid and, that means your entire pregnancy, you're going to work miserable because you, again, you don't have vacation days and two, you don't have maternity leave. So, um, so you get all of this, this together where what society has come up with us for is that they want women to work. Um, and they force them. I mean, we say force them into it. I mean, women are willingly jumping into it. We willingly jumped into it, but you know, now we have all these women at work who may later on decide that they don't want it, want to be there, but they feel the need because of how our culture is with this, you know, two income household or um, the materialistic needs she may feel she has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a willing jump, but it also an almost an unmanageable amount of peer pressure also. Mm hmm. We, we as women are very susceptible to that, especially when you're 17 or 18. I mean, man or woman, you cannot make a cogent long-term decision when you're that age. Mm-hmm. If you do, God bless you. I'm so excited for you because you are an exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. But to say that people are able to make good rational long-term decisions at that age for any reason is, is, is expecting too much from, from those, those people. And, and um, I think that's why a lot of young women are in the situation exactly like you just said, Beth, of, you know, waking up one day when you're 24 and realizing that, you know, wait, I don't really like this job. What do I do now? You know, Mm-hmm. Not having stopped to think, well, I'll wait. Do I really want to do this? Do I have to do this? Um, what what happens when you know I can't find a job after college? Yeah, no, I'm I totally agree. And if you had you know spoken to eighteen year old Beth, it'd be like what you said. I would say, oh no, I'm totally capable of all of this. This is great. I'll I'll love that job, you know. And it and it's what everybody told me too. You know, I was. I had my head screwed on straight. They thought I was going down the right path. Um, and then, you know, later I found out that it, it wasn't really what I wanted to do, but I didn't even know at the time, even after internships and, and career fairs. And I, I did all the possible things. Um, and, and luckily, you know, I didn't come out of college with, with debt of, of that sorts, but a lot of women do. And, and that's, that's the tragedy of the system because, here we're telling women that they can, they're capable of things, but we're not, we're not helping them in any way. We're just, you know, only providing them one option and it sounds pretty good. So they take it. Yeah. And, and the, the society has gotten so good at this about glamorizing it for women, you know, um, playing to their need for power, for influence, for um, stability, etc. that it's, it's become a very easy uh, and a very easy sell, actually. But so enough about that. Let's go to uh, kind of the practical tips of of. So let's say we have to work. We're talking. That's probably the majority of our audience, Beth, right now listening is OK. Well, 
I have to work. So what now? What, what, what Beth would you say to a, a woman who is, let's say unmarried and can't really go back in time and undo college and, and make those decisions again. What, what do you suggest that she do with regards to her choices? Like, does she get a part-time job? Does she continue in what she's doing? Does she just up and quit? I mean, what, what would your advice be? Wow. This is, this is a question here. Cause you know, I wasn't too long ago in that sort of situation unmarried and, and at a job and not happy at it. I would say she can stay in the job, which is ultimately what I did, mainly for the reason of at the time I was dating my now husband and we knew that we wanted a family one day. So, this, you know, I work now to that very reason because money could eventually help that particular situation. So there's that. It depends on her situation about whether or not, I guess, you know, being if she's in a relationship, I would say that if she isn't, you know, look for ways to sort of pursue and we'll, we'll release a, a dating episode eventually to help those women um, pursue marriage and family life in the future. If she uh, hates her job, I would say, and she doesn't feel like she needs it for any reason, she could quit. And I would say that she should try to find, if she does need an income, a job that would be um, be able to help her in her femininity more, um, particularly jobs that might help her be a mother one day. Um, it could be childcare jobs, and it could be other sorts of caring type jobs, teaching. Um, usually, the woman, the the job, usually the jobs that women typically gravitate towards anyway. Um, so I would say those are particular situations that she could be in. I actually always found myself jealous of women who did church like jobs because I was like, oh, you know, you should be making more money. And, you know, <laughs> and I think I said all of that because I was, you know, stuck in the job of an engineer and thought that, you know, oh, these women can only get by in these low income jobs because somebody's helping them. And I didn't have anybody helping me. Perhaps why I felt bits of jealousy in that sense. Um, but. You know, if you have that situation, you really could get into more of a church like job because then it will be easier to practice your Catholic faith out because it's right there versus, you know, working in a secular position. So those are the things that I would say. What about you, Teresa? Oh, those are all great. Yeah, I don't think they're kind of like you indicated. There's not like a one size fits all answer here. Mm -hmm. I think it's very personal. You know, I can see both sides of it, actually, because I was fortunate enough to be able to do kind of like the the dramatic up and quit kind of thing about, I guess, four years ago now. And while that was extremely liberating, it was also very confusing because I had, you know, I thought vaguely what I was going to do, but I didn't know for certain. And it was extremely drastic. It required a, a move um, to a different continent, <laughs> to a different country that spoke a different language. And so that, that, you know, God actually interrupted that route and had me meet my husband and life changed. But and it was like so a romantic movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was unreal anyway. <laughs> oh, it was, it was wonderful. 
so I, I have experience with that, but you know, I'm now, uh, I may be in the position we're about to have a baby now, but you know, somewhere down the line, I may have to get a, 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 a part-time job. So, um, just because of, you know, the society we live in, it, it, it's very expensive to, to live, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would just say for, for anyone who's listening, just take a really deep, look at your life, pray about it and ask number one, what is your vocation in life? Mm -hmm. And number two, how can you pursue that vocation to its fullest extent with regards to a job? So if you are married and you have children, obviously the very first priority is your children. That's a no brainer. So uh, putting them before two vacations a year is probably a good idea. Um, but if you're single and 23, you may not need to do that. And, and if you don't have, if you don't plan on getting married in the next year or two working and just, uh, kind of learning the feminine, uh, characteristics and skills and, and, um, attributes in the workplace, it's not impossible. It, it is very difficult but that may be what you need to be doing for for that season in your life. So, yeah, my my main advice would just be to really, really pray about it and then follow what is going to um, work best with God's vocation for you. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love that, especially, you know, pursuing your vocation first, you know, ultimately your um, your faith and keeping up that prayer life. But then also, you know, where is God calling you and how can you get to that particular situation? Um, like, for instance, if you are called to religious life, but you find yourself in a lot of debt, you know, maybe you really do need to work now and you need to work hard and figure out ways that you can pay off that debt so you can enter religious life if that's a, a possibility. Or if you are feeling called to marriage, you know, um, and same thing with the other situation, not getting discouraged and, and just waiting and, and seeing it out and seeing what you can do. And, and ultimately, um, you know, you don't have to stick with the job that you're in if it makes you unhappy. Even if it does require a pay cut, you could switch. Um, it works and, or you might, you might find yourself like me in which I stayed just for the purpose of mainly convenience. I already had the job and to, um, cost for the future. Uh, so absolutely. And, you know, think of all the other options. If, for example, you have the luxury of, of up and quitting or just scaling back to part time or mm-hmm. even, you know, doing an entrepreneurial kind of thing, think outside the box. Like if you don't want to work in that traditional nine to five office, think about the multitude of opportunities there are for other things nowadays. I mean, we live in probably the most ideal time in history for a woman to support herself with various means. I mean, just think about all the possible jobs just using the Internet, mm-hmm. not including if you have a musical talent and um, if, if you do anything with art, if you do anything uh, making something that you can sell. I mean, there there are just so many um, opportunities. I know, I know of a lot of women who sell things on Etsy mm-hmm. or I actually know of a woman who I believe supports herself by flying around the world, 
get this, and buying Starbucks mugs at foreign locations and selling them online. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've heard of similar things like finding bargains at local stores maybe and reselling them on Amazon or some other place in which you would uh, make a lot of money off of that too. But yeah, you could do, you can do virtually anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's not even mentioning, you know, um, if you're a, an Instagram star or if you're a YouTube star, I mean, those people are making some really legit money nowadays. So there's the sky is quite literally the limit on Mm -hmm. potential, Uh, job opportunities now that you can stay at home or, you know, fly around the world buying Starbucks mugs. Starbucks mugs. There you go. (laughs) No, I think that's especially helpful even for, for women who are married with children or even single moms in which they find themselves in the situation where, you know, you got to support your family. You need to work. Um, So, you know, in those situations, I'd say find jobs that you could, uh, be around your children as much as possible. So those at-home jobs, if you can, part-time jobs, um, and figuring those things out. And, oh, gosh, I know finances are tricky. We're not being completely impractical here. I actually come from probably one of the most frugal families ever. So <laughs> I know, like, many trips to the dollar store and, you know, all those different things to, to save money. Um, you know, it's it's possible, it's tricky, but... It can it can help and and the the type of work and and it's really you know it's not even just the cost it's that time what does your time allow you um, is your job flexible in the hours if you, if you if you have children and your job doesn't like you to leave at lunchtime because you have to go meet your kid who's sick at the nurse's office then you know maybe this isn't the right job for you um, uh, so maybe finding a more flexible schedule but. Maybe if you're single, you want a job that you work as much as possible to make more money because, you know, you feel in that case um, better about saving up because you have the time. You know, it depends. Yeah, absolutely. And especially just one last um, thing for me is if you do have kids and you're in a situation, you know, where your husband is no longer around or um, is overseas or, or whatever the issue may be is a wonderful priest told my husband and I, when we were actually on um, our honeymoon, he said, never underestimate the blessed mother's generosity. And we've never forgotten that because God is watching all of this. He knows exactly what you're going through in your life. And he is just desperate to help you. If you will just call out to him and pray to him and actually want his help. So if you want to do one of these things, yes, you act in in extravagant and and faith-filled ways, but also know that if, if he wants you to spend more time with your children, that is your vocation. That is the most important thing in your life. And, you know, with faith and trust in God, you know, God willing, he will, he will help you do that as as soon as his will allows. That's so beautiful. Exactly. And I think those words can be so inspiring for any woman 
any woman in any of these states of life that we've described, uh, you know, single, married, children, old, young, and, and being able to to take that and encouragement into their workplace. Um, uh, and then maybe maybe we could also do an episode later, too, about some of the things you can do in the workplace to make yourself feel better um, about being a woman and about being a Catholic. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Different things. Do you have anything else on, on this subject before we sign off today? Um, I, I guess I would just like to, again, tell women, you know, it's tricky in these conversations about women working because it's all about, you know, whether or not they're capable and, you know, we're, we're strong and we are capable. Um, but if, don't always think this is the best place that you, for you, um, even if society is saying it, even if you feel like it is, even if you're saying, well, I love my job and I think it's great and I'm helping people, you know, really stop and pray and think, is this the place for you? Um, and then, and think about how you could be able to influence uh, people in other ways, as we've mentioned, as a single lady or as a as a mother at home. And and then if you do find yourself in that situation where you really do have to to have a job and perhaps it's a job that you don't like, you know, don't lose hope. It, there's I mean, there's that's, so many saints you can mention who are in situations that they're not too happy with, you know, <laughs> so don't lose hope. There are ways there, are, you know, um, but it's it's going to be a different attitude after you kind of come out of this feminism. You're not in it because, you know, oh, yeah, cool. I'm working. This is fun. Um, how can I be Catholic at work? It's more of like a I'm I have to work and I I have to be Catholic here. And it's 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 challenging. <laughs> so um, don't don't give up. And I, I mean, I, I know what you feel like in the situation if you happen to be somebody who's single or married uh, and has to work. Absolutely. Very well said. I'm not even going to add anything to that, Beth. All right. Very nice. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, thank you again for listening to another episode of Freed from Feminism. Please share this podcast. Tweet it out. Put it on your Facebook. Put it on your Instagram. Tell your peeps about it. Subscribe to it in iTunes and wherever else you're listening to us from. And uh, check us out on Twitter at Freed Feminism. And I think that's about it. Thank you again for listening. God be with you.